Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, and welcome to another episode of A Sound Heart. First of all, I give thanks to God for Jesus, his unspeakable gift to us. And we are indeed blessed by the sacrifice that Jesus made for us on a Roman gibbet in 33 AD. Jesus died on that cross, and he died of his own volition. He surrendered his volition. And Jesus himself said, no man taketh my life. And he voluntarily, through his own volition, through his own will, laid down his life for us. He was buried in a borrowed tomb, and then he rose again the third day. Paul writes in 1 Corinthians 15, according to the scriptures, nothing befell Jesus, everything that he experienced was through the instrumentality of the will of God, period. And so there was no human triumph over him, even though uh, the Pharisees danced before uh, the cross because they believed they had defeated their enemy. He was not buried. Uh, they made him the enemy because, um, as Pilate noted, because of the because they envied Jesus. Pilate knew, and this is why Jesus was handed over to him because of their envy. And so, Pilate was astute enough to recognize what was going on here. He knew that Jesus had committed no crime uh, that would warrant capital punishment. He knew this, but he was a politician, and so he was blackmailed into handing Jesus over to be uh, tortured and crucified. He knew this, and so there was culpable awareness on the part of Pilate. There was culpable awareness on the uh, part of the Pharisees. There was culpable awareness on the part of the Sadducees and the Herodians. They conspired to destroy the Holy One of Israel, and they paid for it in ways that are unimaginable. If you were to read ancient Eastern history about what happened in Western Asia after the crucifixion and resurrection of Jesus, you would learn some extraordinary information about what happened. 
that uh, over and which culminated in 70 AD with uh, the siege of Jerusalem uh, by the Roman general Titus. Now the people stood before Pilate and they shouted, "Crucify! Crucify!" And uh, they asked for Barabbas to be set free and Jesus uh, to be executed, crucified, crucified. And so this was not their will be free. This was the will of God before the the foundation of the world, before the fleeing down of the universe into nothingness. God had ordained that these events would transpire. Now, this morning, we're going to be studying from Paul's letter to the Ephesians. And please keep in mind that this letter was written by uh, the Apostle Paul, a mature believer in Christ, not a babe in Christ. Uh, not one who was growing in maturity, but a mature believer. Now, in the word of God, to be a mature believer does not mean that one has reached the apex beyond which one cannot grow. It doesn't mean that at all. But this man was a mature, a mature believer in, in Christ who was spirit-filled. And he had learned over time uh, what it meant to be, uh, to be, instead of being verb, and what it meant to remain spirit-filled. It is to have his will, his mind, his conscience, uh, and his emotions controlled by the Spirit of God. This is what it means to be spirit-filled. Be spirit-filled, that is, the manifestation of being spiritual does not mean that one uh, hops around in an arena or in a room or just uh, babbles gibberish. That's not in the Word of God. God said do everything decently and in order. Uh, so please read Paul's letter uh, to re- please read First Corinthians in which Paul discusses uh, the doctrine of languages. We say tongues. But tongues is an old, old word. Languages. Okay. So, uh, Paul arrived in Ephesus on his third missionary journey. And the theme of this letter is our vital union with Christ and our duty to live uh, as such. Our vital union with Christ and our duty to live as such. And so uh, uh, the word in, the preposition in, occurs no less than 120 times in the Greek text. It is the biggest word in this book. In Ephesians chapter 1, verses uh, Ephesians 1, 3 through 1, 14 is one 
a long sentence in the Greek text. And so it is like that because of Paul's great joy. Paul's great insight. Paul's uh, incredible understanding of what it means to be in Christ. So, epistle or letter stresses our vital or the vital truth of our relationship in Christ. So, we are members of the body of, of Christ. Also, Paul, Paul calls believers in the Greek text the constantly believing ones. Of course, it's different in the English, but this is Paul's emphasis in the Greek, the constantly believing ones. Uh, Ephesians has a rich vocabulary. It contains 42 words that occur nowhere else in the New Testament and 39 that occur nowhere else in the Pauline epistles. Again, the theme is our vital union with Christ. The saints must know the power that is available to them as the sons of God. Now, um, the reference to believers in the Greek text are the sons of God. And so uh, Paul does not talk about male. I mean, he doesn't talk about the male and female distinction that uh, it is so that is so rabid today. It is the sons of God. We we are united in Christ as one. The church is called the ecclesia, uh, the called out ones. And in the Greek, the the uh, the last letter of the word uh, ecclesia uh, is feminine in the Greek, and it bespeaks all of our relationship, that is the relationship of the church to Christ. He is always uh, we, he is the Christos. So we have the sigma, that is masculine, the final letter of the word Christos, C-H-R-I-S-T-O-S. It is masculine in the Greek. The last letter of the word ekklesia is feminine in the Greek, which bespeaks our, our union with him and what that means. These truths uh, are worth meditating upon because they will change your understanding as to who you are and whose you are. The word Christianos, uh, which we transliterate as Christian, is only used in the book of Acts and by Peter. It is the designation that the unbelievers uh, gave to those of the believing community. Once again, it is the designation that the unbelieving community gave to the belief, bestowed upon the believing community. We are called the constantly believing ones. Believers, 
So Paul writes in Ephesians 1, verse 1, he uh, quotes, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God. Note the, the heading is very important. The heading is very important. An apostle, a sent one, a sent out one. Uh, Jesus was sent out from the Father to do his will. Of Christ Jesus, by the will of God, to the saints in Ephesus. Now, there are those who believe that this letter to the church of Ephesus was a circular letter. That is, it was not only to go, it was not only written for the church at Ephesus, but for other uh, churches within this area. We're, we're talking about Asia uh, at this point, okay? So, to the saints in Ephesus and the faithful in Christ Jesus, grace and peace to you from God, or I should read, out from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, notice the, uh, please note the, the, the doctrinal term, uh, the saints, the faithful, grace, and peace. Grace, this uh, peace God, uh, God's undeserved favor bestowed upon us. Peace, irene, is God's own peace that he bestows upon believers. Paul could not write peace and grace. We have been graced out of the satanic world system. Uh, So it is true grace that we are given the peace of God, God's own peace. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us in all spiritual uh, and uh, blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. Now, in the Greek, I'm not going to go into this a lot. We have what we call the dative advantage. The dative of advantage. So that is, uh, it is to our, our God has blessed us uh, in such a manner that, uh, well, it's hard, it's hard to come across. But we are advantaged. We, we are blessed by God um, because of the union we have with Jesus. Uh, so the dative case means personal interest. Uh, it means also to or for whom something is given or done. That's the dative of advantage. We are advantaged uh, beyond our wildest imaginations in Christ. Beloved, we don't know what we shall be, but we know that when he shall appear, First John, we shall uh, be like him, or we shall see, uh, uh, I love this language, for we shall see him as he is. Beloved, we know not what we shall be, but we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. We are wonderfully blessed in Christ. 
Now, let me stress the importance of that you be careful of podcasts that talk about prophecies and what's going to happen next and what's going to happen next. And be careful of guys who say that they are prophets and God came to them and gave them this prophecy to give to the church. Listen, the language given in the New Testament is very specific, and uh, God uh, has provided for us a finished canon. That is the New Testament. No one is to add to the prophecies of the book of Revelation. No one, and God has not, God does not give extra biblical prophetic, uh, I mean, prophecies to people today. Everything that God wants us to know, that is epinosis in the Greek, not mere gnosis. And see, this is the language where they get tripped up. These prophets or these people who call themselves prophets, the word prophet is used in two ways in the word of God, one who speaks for God and one to whom God speaks. Now, we take in, when we study the word, we take in that, that knowledge as gnosis from the Greek. By faith, what we, what we believe when we study the word of God is, is transformed into epignosis, that is complete knowledge. And we walk, uh, so this is the knowledge that provides the believer with the super awareness that he or she needs uh, in order to thrive in the cosmic system. Epinosis is super knowledge, complete knowledge. And I listen for specific words to come from these people, and rarely do I if uh, do I ever hear these words? Be very careful. And uh, James writes, uh, beloved, uh, be not many teachers, knowing that we shall receive the stricter judgment. Be careful listening to these people, giving an ear to these people. Because remember what Paul wrote that uh, in the last days there will be people having itching ears. And they will not tolerate or put up with sound doctrine, but they will heap teachers to themselves according to their lust. Jesus himself said, by their fruit, you shall know them by their fruit. Uh, that is by what they do. And a lot of these fake, phony, and fraudulent prophets, uh, after they die, Stories come out. Uh, they speak to, they, they, they have this tomb. And in this tomb, they put in all their horrible sins and things they do out of public awareness. And their publicists, uh, whomever they hire, keep their public images sanitized. And they just stuff those tombs full of their stuff. And when one tomb begins to overflow, they roll the stone in front of it uh, and have it sealed uh, through certain legal documents, non-disclosure agreements, that this will never be found out. And they have tombs uh, of their sins 
all over the place let and so that people won't find out what they have been done doing uh, in the sight of God. The eyes of the Lord run to and fro, beholding the good and the evil. But I've seen over time that after these people die, the information about their misdeeds, their darkness, their sin, uh, those, those tombs are rolled open. And why? Why does this happen? And remember in the case of King David, where God told David himself, what you have done, you know, I'm going to reveal in the light of day. That's why I do not play with him. No one gets away with sin. The creator, the performer of sin, creates his or her own judgment. Now, if you know something of the Hebrew language, you know what's certain of the prefixes about whether we do good or bad. The deed carries its own consequence. And that's a reality that the West does not like. And this is why the West is crumbling before our eyes. There's too many lies, too many sins. And and the, what these people do in darkness, they think will never come to light. And this is why the the West is crumbling. Uh, the the foundations are are crumbling. Whether you have cities on the crust of the earth or within the earth, all these all this stuff is going to come out. And God Himself said that He's going to uh, bring everything into the light of day. Oh my goodness. Oh, my goodness, what God is going to reveal. So, praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every, that should be all spiritual blessings in Christ. For he shows up in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. Now, notice the language of verse 4. Chose us. He chose us. God chose us. Now, nowhere in this language, in Paul's letter to the Ephesians or any of his other letters, does Paul uh, uh take the, the language of predestination and abuse it. He does not abuse the word election. He does not use the word, uh, abuse the word chosen. If you read carefully and study carefully, carefully Paul's letters, instead of saying, well, I'm going to adhere to this guy's doctrine, this guy's theology, and what he wrote, then you're going to see you will have a very different understanding of election, predestination, ordination. He chose us. There are people uh, who like to create little spiritual ghettos and say that, well, election only refers to us. We're the elect. And uh, therefore they go on to abuse uh, other members of the body of Christ because they say in their theology 
for you are not chosen by God. My Bible reads in John 3.16, for God so loved the world. And my Bible reads, for whosoever will may come. Whosoever will may come. He chose us in him before the creation of the world. So before God created electromagnetism, mass energy, before God created the planet, before God created uh, the world, this what we call physical world, we were chosen, we were marked out in him. God chose us. And we say eternity past, but there there is only eternity. And we say eternity past with a relation uh, to time. He chose us in him. What God began, God completes. He who has, what, begun a good work in you, formed unto the day of whom? The day of Christ. He which hath begun a good work. God hath has begun a good work in you. Only believe the word. Don't believe the world. Don't believe social media. Don't believe the manipulative, uh, caustic words of those who only want you in bondage. He who has begun a good work. I read today where one guy uh, said, God is dead. He made a pronunciation or the pronouncement, but there was no evidence. God is dead. They want to expunge the knowledge of God from the world. They want God expunged because they want to control, manipulate, degrade, castigate. They want to destroy the human race with their trans technology. They want to pervert. They want discontent. They want to disrupt. They want to dehumanize. They want to subjugate, curtail, and uh, destroy the image of God in man. Don't you know this is the ultimate desire of these people? The erasure of the Shaddao, the erasure of the image of God in man? This is more than insanity. And we cannot trivialize this by saying, well, that's insane, or that doesn't make sense, or that's madness. We don't have the vocabulary to capture the deep, the profundity of the irrationalism. Well, if the devil knows his end, why would he fight God? He's going to fight God because he wants to attempt to overthrow the will of God with regard to his end. 
the devil's theology in some areas deeper than the theology of many believers. The devil believes the word. He knows his destiny. He knows his fate. He knows what is going to happen to him. He knows that he, the devil knows that he is the Sidoth. He is the liar. He knows that God is the Sidoth. He is the truth. Jesus is the truth. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes unto the Father but through Jesus. Period. And God says this. Jesus said that with no apologies. He is the only way, the only truth, and the only life. No man comes into salvation except through Jesus. That will never change. It is my prayer and my desire that as you listen to this broadcast, you will come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. Please read 1 Corinthians 15 and receive the truth that Jesus died for you, was buried, and rose again the third day according to the scriptures. Good morning. My name is Dr. Josiah Rich, and God bless you. Have a wonderful day. Mm-hmm.